All right. Welcome to Black Kid Thoughts, the only podcast designed with you and mine. Here I have a special guest by the name of Goat. Please briefly tell the people how we met and a little, you know, a little bio about yourself because they just meeting you. I know I have a lot of guests on the show, but you know what I'm saying? Introduce yourself to the people. Okay, cool. Uh, so my name is Asir. I go by Goat. Um, mm-hmm. I've done uh, poetry. I currently rap public speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually met in class. We go to yeah. Texas Southern. Y'all know how we get down Third Ward, Texas. Tiger Nation. Okay. You know, you know, um, so we just in class, you know, chopping it up. Mm-hmm. And the vibe was all there. So we linked up, chopped it, had to do the podcast, you know. Got to yeah. show love. Got to keep it all in the film. In the film. In the yeah, film, keep guys. building each other up, you know. We are, man. This man is dope as hell, guys. You ever get to meet him, man, He he's really – Definitely a mentor figure, man. I think both of us are. Do you agree? I think we both really yes, have some sure. knowledge and wisdom. We're we're two educated black men. I love it. Um, the fact that we know a little bit about everything, man. Politics, our history, everything. Um, we pretty much well rounded all the way around. So I really want to get you on the podcast because I feel like you can offer a lot, and I feel like the podcast is our it's definitely like our microphone to to get to the people. You know how we had those talks when we yeah, met up and we was like, we really want to vocalize how we feel and get to our people and really just educate and, and motivate. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like with us two, we definitely had the power to do that. And I feel like our voices is our best weapon. So let's get to the topics. So guys, this is just a... I had a, I had the questions I want to ask, but this is more. It's no specific topic. It's pretty much us venting and giving our opinion on, on things. So the first the first thing I want to talk about is men's mental health. Um, I tell everyone it's not to be sexist. I know it might come off sexist, but I feel like, in my opinion, men don't have the same um, privilege, especially black men, as to um, vent or you know what I'm saying really just express how they feel without society or uh, women in general, you know, saying that labeling us as weak or, you know, why you bitching or why you moaning and groaning and, you know what I'm saying? You a cry baby, quote unquote. Um, even, you know, in my family, I'm speaking from my perspective, you know, I was raised up in my family. I was taught that men don't cry. Men don't show emotion. I don't know if you have, you was brought up in that environment, but, um, um yeah, no. Um, I was, and so I, I grew up, you know, thinking that crying was weak, was a sign of weakness, when clearly it's not, right. it's just a, right. it's a humanly instinct. <laughs> right. It's a, yeah, it's a natural body function. Right. And for you to say, because I was born this way, or born a gender that I could not choose, my father chose my gender, uh, chose my gender, sorry, um, I'm, I'm not entitled to cry. It's, it's and to me, that's sexist. You want me to put it's that's really sexist, you know what I'm saying? So, why do you think in our society men are taught not to cry? And how were you brought up? Was was that the, the narrative you was given, or did you kind of have a free fall for, for emotions? Okay, um, so I'll say I'll start with answering that. I'll say I think that society has, um I think sexism creates the terms for people to be against not just women, but femininity. Mm-hmm. And so um, people ascribe uh, or no, people put like femininity, they equate femininity with like weakness and things like that. So 
I feel like a lot of men kind of run away from that idea of showing what they would call weakness, but but the reality is a lot of times it's just femininity. You know, it's just showing that other side of yourself. And I think that we all got that. We all got that um, that balance. You know, like we all have uh, pieces, the feminine parts of us and masculine parts of us, and we meet at the intersection of those things. You know, like we we're on the spectrum for both of those. So I think that running away from femininity is a result of society. Um, it's a result of sexism, the patriarchy, like the the pumping up of masculinity and making men like these hyper, hyper masculine type of figures where it's like, oh, I'm always strong, 100 percent of the time, I'm the manliest manly man. It's that yeah. that type of that type of ideology forces people not to, or forces people to reject parts of themselves that they consider feminine, and by doing that. They put themselves in a, a tough situation. In a box, exactly. Yeah, um, well, and I would say personally, um, no, I actually grew up in a pretty different environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot. I got my mama. I got four sisters. I got mm-hmm. a lot of aunties, a stepmom. Uh, so I grew up around a lot of girls. <laughs> oh. I, I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to um, flush out a lot of my emotions. You know, like uh, I, I had the chance to. Even if I wasn't flushing out my own emotions, I had the opportunity to be in a space where there were people flushing out their emotions, you know, so I got to see people express themselves. Um, Absolutely. I think think that's dope because, like, and I'm glad you said that because I want that, that's going to open up the envelope for for another topic I want to talk about. Every male, and this is for the ladies listening to the podcast, every male is not alpha. Every male, some males are simply beta. Every male has not reached their true alpha stance or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's not an alpha. So please stop looking at every male as that figure. I think that's unrealistic. You know what I'm saying? Um, some males, like like you said, was was raised around females. Not to say that you're going to be feminine, but it's yeah. just saying that you were entitled. You had that privilege of, of you know what I'm saying, getting your that's emotional perspective, yeah. yeah. So it, it's definitely based on how you were brought up. I think childhood is the is the start of everything adulthood you know what i'm saying if you want to know the beginning if you want to know the end go to the beginning and i live by that and i just want you ladies to stop being as much as judgmental and at least hearing a person out instead of saying you're sensitive have you asked that man why are you you know what i'm saying it's always the finger pointing just sit your partner down and really just have a conversation i think communication is key to any relationship you know what i'm saying so why can't we have that conversation? But this is what this podcast is about, because I want the ladies to see that two men are very vocal, and we're we're vocalizing our experiences as 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 little boys and now men. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is what a lot of people need to have, and a lot of men need to have this privilege like we have. So the next question I want to ask you is, um, would you say you are a alpha male, or would you say you're kind of beta, or do you have no labels? How would you describe yourself as a male? Um, personally, hmm, that's interesting. So I think that, uh, in a lot of ways, I, um, I will have to be both. Like, I know what times to lead and I know what times to follow. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm um, mm-hmm. I just pay attention. It's all about context. Like, you know, you can, you can read the room and, and see, like, Oh, who running the show in here? You know, you can kind of you can kind of feel out 
whatever space you enter. But uh-huh. I personally feel like the energy that I bring to a room and the way that I am is like undeniable. So even if somebody else is the alpha, like mm-hmm. even if somebody else is the alpha, that doesn't take away or stop me from being all that I am or as great as I am. You get what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. I take pieces. I'm always me. You know okay. what I'm saying? 100% of the time, even if somebody else is running the show, I'm still going to be me and I'm still going to take up space in the way that I do. You know what I'm saying? Alpha, beta, however you want to scratch it, I'm going to be who I am. Well, I feel, from my, from my from being around you, I definitely feel like you definitely give, yeah, I feel like you're a little bit of both, honestly. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're not beta, you're not too beta, you're not too alpha, and I think that's a good thing, bro. I think it's cool. Um, me, I think I'm definitely like beta. I'm not all the way alpha, if you want me to be realistic, but I'm definitely not a pushover. Like, you know what I'm saying? I definitely stay on my ground, and most people should. see me. Yeah, most people see me and think that I'm, you know, I'm I'm alpha or even, you know, fully straight or whatever the case is. And I think it's cool, you know. Um, I get different perspectives on how people view me and I'm open to everything. So what is how would you um describe do you feel like the women in your the women that you were brought about well raised around or you said your siblings, do you feel like because you was raised around women, do you feel like that makes you more understanding of other women that you might date in the future or understanding understanding of womanhood or, you know, what did they teach you? Mm, um, so, yeah, I definitely think that having that perspective or having the sorry, mm-hmm. I definitely think being raised around as many women as I was raised around has contributed significantly to my relationship to women. Um, I spent a great deal of time trying to learn about women and learn why, um, mm-hmm. like why society is set up in the way that it is and structured in a way that places women as like less than, because uh, mm-hmm. I mean, women make up half the population. So it's like, if I was, if I genuinely believed that I was just like, inherently better than half the population i have to be a fool you know Mm. so like women Mm. women are extremely impactful and i think that growing up around so many women gave me that it helped me understand that from very young i never have thought like oh i'm a man so that makes me like better than a woman in any type of way i never thought it was i never i never thought like it was there's any difference between like men and women as far as like as far as their ability to do anything <laughs> like I can't even I, I can't even name somewhere I'm just like well you know it's no I don't think it's a point or there's a um there's a there's there's justification for separating uh men and women like socially economically politically anything like that because i feel like women are just as capable of conceptualizing the same things i am and understanding the world to as great a depth as i'm able to so i can't even you know like i feel like to to be sexist to do all that stuff is like to deny the experience of women and i know too many women and not even not i can't even say i know everybody knows too many women to disrespect women you know what i'm saying like there's there's just too many women period yeah because women are they are worthy of respect like absolutely absolutely and every time i 
you know, see a, a fella or one of my kings expecting the queen, I definitely check them because I put, see, and that's what I think is wrong with society. I feel like people, if it's not happening to my family or someone I know, I don't care. But I put my mom in that person's shoe that that king is disrespecting. I say, okay, that's my mom. How would I feel about that? You know what I'm saying? Would I want this man disrespecting my mother? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. definitely, and I feel like society kind of, you know what I'm saying? That's not my business kind of thing. But some things like that, you have to you have to vocalize it because that can turn into a whole different thing, a whole generation of men thinking it's okay to disrespect women and vice versa. I think everyone's all respect. Oh, but especially true. especially women because, you know, they're not as, as physically strong as, as us. And I feel like there's no reason that you should be, you know, projecting your masculine energy onto a woman knowing that she's, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's not something you should do as a king. You should hold yourself up higher. Um, but let's go into feminism or being a feminist. Do you believe in feminist? Um, yeah, well, I'll say this. Based on the... <laughs> I'm about to give you... I'm about to get a, um, a definition for it. Because, I mean, as far as I know, it's just believing in the... Um, advocacy political economic and social equality and sex yeah definitely i'm definitely a feminist yes i know beyonce the it's yeah no nah, i heard yeah you know i love beyonce he and loved I was beyonce gonna go, and i was gonna go with um <laughs> i was gonna go with that um i don't want to say it um wrong i believe it's chimamanda adichie though Femi- she um yeah chimamanda uh she had the definition she said on on flawless uh i was gonna go with that and i was gonna say yeah go ahead, i was go like ahead, let bro. me make sure let me look it up again <laughs> this is a live podcast so we love this we love this oh uh, yeah definitely um i'm definitely a feminist though i believe in feminism um i believe in the complete liberation of all oppressed people though so like it's not even just absolutely yes yeah, it's, it's i feel like all the systems of oppression like sexism racism classism homophobia xenophobia all that stuff needs to fall so well i'm gonna get my opinion i, I know you probably gonna get my get on my ass but look nah, we here we here okay so feminism i'm, I'm gonna give my my definition and i'm gonna give my, and then i want you to give yours my definition <laughs> of feminism is the equality of the sexes you know rather it transcendent economically politically socially um, just every sex is being every sex being equal to one another, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's dope. I think it's a dope comes concept, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel that if you're a feminist, right? If you're a feminist woman, you got to be ready to take out the trash because you're saying <laughs> that we're equal, right? You got to be ready to open your own doors. You got to be ready to. Lift that box up. You can't pull like I'm a female card because that's not what feminism is. Hmm. Are you ready to have that conversation? Oh yeah. So I think that that's like that's a um, you know like taking out the trash, opening up doors. Those are like gender roles that we fall into. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So like, um. Personally, like so. This after uh, I'm a man. Hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. And so I benefit from the patriarchy. I benefit from sexism. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna open up doors mm-hmm. for women. I'm gonna stand out the way when they coming down the sidewalk. All this okay. shit stuff. I'm gonna do it because I owe that to women. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. it's because I have the privilege and I have the the social mobility of a man. 
the mm-hmm. ability to know that I'm, I'm going to get a job and I'm not going to get shorted pay because I'm a lady. You know what I'm saying? The fact that I can do that. Yeah. Like, in that I aspect, to, I told you. I owe it to them to like open up the doors behind them. So like, I'm not necessarily going to say like being a feminist or being a woman who is a feminist is simply like saying that they deserve to be treated equally and that the that the world should not be set up disproportionately against them. They shouldn't be getting paid less. They shouldn't be uh, less likely to get hired. They shouldn't be um, getting terminated for being pregnant. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like so, social, see, political stuff. Like, oh, we shouldn't be telling them what to do with their bodies. Like, well, women absolutely. should be in control of stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm not, hmm. I don't think that being a feminist necessarily removes or or takes away gender roles like the, yeah no nah, not even just gender roles because like gender roles don't need to exist just period like they i don't agree have to, like, the thing is everybody can do everything but if the trash is heavy and i'm stronger than my significant other you know what i'm saying i'm gonna take it out <laughs> like it's not even it's not even about necessarily like oh i just I just because this is my significant other's a woman, like oh she never take out the trash, or because she a feminist, I'm only making her take out the trash. Like no, nah, it's just realistically like if it's heavy, I'm taking mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just you it's know just it's just being like, a, like you being a gentleman. That's all it is. I think that that's dope. You know, I, I get that concept, and I don't. I totally agree. I don't think a um, woman should get paid less than a man just simply because of her sex. Just like right, vice right. versa. It might sound, you know, minuscule, but a male is automatically charged more on the insurance claim because he's a male. Um, and that, in a way, is sexist. So it, it goes both mm-hmm. ways. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we can we can definitely look at it. Because I'm big on not being biased towards one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just like that, just like women get paid less than men, um, you know, a male is automatically charged a higher rate on insurance because of that. So it's it's I think feminism is dope. However, I think we must break down the brackets of it. It's not it's not broad. I feel like it's very detailed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I would have to say though, like women not getting paid the same salary like across the board is a mm-hmm. bit different than men being charged more for insurance. Also, because of the wealth gap and the disparity between men and women being paid, like men having to pay more for insurance is like a drop in the bucket compared to the gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, I'm but, sure yeah. it's, not, it's not just like, you know, like, oh, men just got to pay so much more in insurance that it just makes up for the wealth no, and equality right. that exists between, you know, men and women. No, I'm just projecting sexism, period. You know what I'm saying? In every form. And I get what you're saying that one is. I mean, women, you know, we had a whole era of, you know, women not being able to vote. The 19th Amendment, you know, giving women the right to vote. We had that whole era in history. And I want you guys to really research your history, too, who's listening to this podcast. But, you know, I totally get it. Women were not given the same privileges as men. Um, Women were not allowed to have abortions at one time. Um, That's true. Roe versus Wade, you know, legalized that. So it's definitely a, it's not a level playing field, but I do want to bring to the light that it is sexism all around. You know what I'm saying? So I totally think it's definitely 70, 30 with women mm-hmm. and men, but yeah, the, I'm, I mean, that as far as, you know, the women being at a disadvantage, as far as not being able to yeah. vote, 
not yes, being definitely. able to have a choice to get an abortion, not being able, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Giving the same wage as a male. Um, so we can go into those things. We could definitely go into those things. So we talked about this at when we was out to eat, and I think it's very important for us to talk about in this podcast. Where do you think the breakdown of separating sex, sexes, races, what do you think that occurred in history? Because we talked about the start of it. Let's talk about the start of of separating and classifying different things or people. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say this for the uh, people listening. Um, I'm actually writing a thesis right now on uh, dismantling systemic oppression and moving to the green zone for climate change. And um, one of the things that I was, um, that we were talking about yesterday, uh, like intersectionality and how um, the systems of oppression, like racism, classism, uh, sexism, uh, they are predicated by an ideology that says that one demographic is better than another for any arbitrary reasons. And so um, one of the points that I was making was that what Martin Luther King was alluding to when he said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere is is that that same intersectional idea of oppression that like racism isn't going to fall. Um, we aren't going to be able to eradicate racism without also eradicating sexism or classism or any other thing, because the issue is the ideology that creates that social demarcation. Like the, the issue is the, mindset that tells people oh i'm better than this other group of people for whatever reasons you know what i'm saying so you can't break down racism without breaking down breaking down sexism because the the root of those ideologies is the same so taking those out is more important than trying to um trying to take down one you know so like we've had a bunch of liberation movements and a bunch of uh power just movements to uh not liberate, but to um empower people and for people's rights but the idea is that like the the people um protesting about race the people protesting about sexism people protesting mm-hmm. about homophobia uh xenophobia mm-hmm. any any type of system that uh separates people like that um having those marches and having those protests or having those movements separately right. um will never reach the end goal because the collective movement is what would be necessary to take down oppression as a whole you know what i'm saying like as long as one facet of oppression exists oppression exists and so we're all we all bear the the burden of that um so i agree um, yeah but <laughs> i agree and like we said it started with I believe sexism because at one time, um, you know, in history, the man was the alpha, the male, you know, the woman wasn't entitled to doing a lot as far as the household goes. She was just able to, um, you know, cook, clean. She had a gender role. Yeah, right. I'm thinking of you. Yeah, and the male was the the one that the go getter, and she had to, you know, Mm. feed off of what he brought home. You know what I'm saying? So definitely sexism. And then, oh, say it again. No, I was I was agreeing. I think I, I misunderstood what you what I was being asked. But yeah, I, I definitely think sexism. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think that sexism predates uh, a lot of other systems because, or some of the other systems, because like sexism could exist even in like a homogenous population long before they, um, long before they uh, made the the 
separated society or not separated society, but like made homophobia a, a thing like before. Because I've, I've seen some actually, no, I don't I don't want to misspeak. But yeah, I think that sexism may predate like most of the other systems of oppression. Yes. Well, we're going to get into homophobia because I, I didn't I didn't ran into some myself. Um, we gonna get into that a little later in the podcast, but. I do want to talk the timeline. So we're going to say sexism first, right? With the men overpowering the women politically, right? Because they weren't mm. allowed to vote. Mm. Um, physically, of course, because the man was the alpha. He was a strong person to go out and get stuff. And then the woman would have to settle for what he brings home. She wasn't allowed to work. So her job was to take care of the household and the kids and cook and clean, whatever, you know, gender roles, whatever. So then... Let's but move. It, it might, but also, I'm sorry. I just want to say this: sexism yeah. might predate the uh, contemporary society that we're talking about, though. Like, right. is sexism could very well predate voting and household structures. You know what I'm saying? Sexism could have yeah. started because, like, literal physical strength. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, I can't. It's not for certain because, like, obviously, there's no way to say like, oh, this existed. Right. Or like they were just sexist at this time and then racist at this time. You know, like it's no way to actually like it's no way to but to like make. but yeah, I think that sexism might even or not even might, it, it's more it's most likely that it, it predates anything like that. Like any societal structures that we know today, like they existed after sexism was already a a, a role in right. society. Cause I mean like even it was sexist stuff happening even in like biblical times, you know. So I'm like, it's 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 that's a old, it's a very old ideology, it's archaic for sure. Um, yeah, I get, I get what you're coming yeah. from. Go that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that. So let's move the timeline up. I think after sexism, well, in my opinion, I think then it became, of course, we all know, racism. Um, mm. and of course, I'm speaking about you know black or minority. Um, racism definitely became part. Well, I think it is who we are. Rather, we're not enslaved. I, first mm. of all, let's let's kind of decipher that because I, I hear a lot of my kings saying that we're not in slavery anymore, and I think we must educate ourselves more because even though we're not physically in chain, in which we are still, the prison system is a slavery system is still slavery but you gotta think about the mental it's a it's a such thing as being mentally enslaved oh, yeah, and what sure. i mean by that is they knew let me let me date back to how this is a mental slavery are we still mentally enslaved in a way they knew physically black people we are we're alpha we're very dominant we're very strong they knew physically we would overpower them so what do they do they then mentally put fear in us, like they did the slaves. They showed them that, hey, if you, you know, bucked us or if you tried to get fly with us, then we would lynch you or hang you or they would torture the slaves in front of other slaves to show them this is what's going to happen to you. That is embedding fear into your mental. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So even though you're physically strong, your mental, your brain is going to overpower everything. Okay. So that's what they did to our ancestors. And then slaves were not allowed to read. We discussed this in text messages. Slaves mm -hmm. were not allowed to read. That created illiteracy. That they didn't know they didn't have the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have the knowledge to to know how to possibly, of course, they had the Underground Railroad, 
Thanks, you know, Harry, you tell me. We in Black History Month, so mm-hmm. uh, they had the Underground Railroad. But you got to think about this, too, bro. A lot of slaves, let me use the term, were Uncle Tom's, quote-unquote, meaning that they were slaves that would tell on other slaves for trying to escape. That is being mentally enslaved. The fact that you would tell on your own people for trying to free themselves to, be, to get in a better light or be in a better life. That's how they, you know, that's how much the fear was embedded into their brain because they're like, okay, if he escaped, then they might try to harm us. Yeah. So that is how they embedded those, you know, those tactics in our brain. And it's just generationally passed down to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I think that uh, in America, we definitely experience uh, like multiple levels of like social indoctrination. Like we don't have the or the thing is about black people born in America. Like now I say, and when I say now, I'm going to just say like in the last 30 years or so. So since 1992, we've been, we were born into a world that's like 140 years past slavery, uh, like 50 years past world war two. And like right at the, the beginning of this like huge, um like boom of information the the expanse of like inf- technology has created this like open era of information where everything is like at your fingertips right and so like people like us who were born i i was born in 99 uh, oh yes 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 i was like yeah. right so it's like people born around that time it's like uh we are the products of like we're the products and we are the result of literal hundred hundred plus years of like trying to mesh into a society that active has done everything it, it possibly could to um, you know like push us out and so people that are our age and people who have access to this information we are looking at it and approaching this whole thing from such a different perspective, um, such a like the whole the generational curse thing. I hear people in our generation talking about breaking those down so much. Like uh-huh. I hear people in our generation talking about um, overcoming some of these things that we know have put our people in detriment for over a hundred years. You know, like since, since well, slavery ended. Well, they say it ended in eighteen sixty five, but. Um, we know, like, the prison system is, like, continuation of that. So, um, I guess legal chattel slavery, out in the field slavery, um, I guess, was ended. Um, but barely. <laughs> but not but, even really. So, I can't even Not even. Yeah, I, not even really. So. Yeah, I want you guys to. But it's I want like, my black yeah, queen. like, the, the, the levels of social indoctrination i was talking about though for you you're not wrong though like the way that they put people on plantation the purposeful miseducation of people is what they continue to do like when you talk about fake news and they talk about like um or not even just fake news kids in these you you get these neighborhoods in the in inner cities where they didn't section out black people segregated them off into one area um no funds in these neighborhoods. They're not funding these schools. They got antiquated schools, dilapidated 
uh, neighborhoods and the books that they're reading out of 20 plus years old. And Absolutely. you expect you expect these people to come out of that with an understanding of the world or being able to conceptualize the things around them in a way that's that will grant them good social mobility. It's not possible. You know, like yeah. they put us in these situations. They put us in these. Um, we've been in these situations, like literally since we got here, like they stole us from they stole yes. us from Africa, brought us over. Yes. In and the, the, then, like, the people who spoke the same language, they mixed them up with people who didn't speak the same language as them, so they couldn't understand each other, couldn't understand the people, uh, the the white people who was talking to them. So you got these people who confused, then you don't teach them how to read English or English at all, right. or you make them learn English just off what they pick up from you or whoever else around. So, yes. like, it's not even... Is it, it was by the time you had those people who was Uncle Tom's scared to you know tell on other folks who was leaving, mm-hmm. they those people just resulted years of purposely miseducating, like purposeful, yeah. like I'm gonna brainwash you effectively, Absolutely. like I'm gonna keep you underneath this guise and keep you believing that you less than because keep that's you gonna, keep you under this whip. Right. Oh yeah, it's gonna serve my needs. You know, it's gonna keep me Absolutely. in charge. So yeah. So I want you guys, and I'm glad you mentioned those things too. Those are very valid. But um, the word "cracker" and a lot, I think a lot of times we use, people don't even know where they came from. Right. You know, the word "cracker." Do y'all know? You know, people know, but the word "cracker" came from like how a slave master used to crack the whip, or you know, beat our ancestors, and you know, these derogatory terms like "nigga" or "nigger," of course, came from slavery. Um. Mulatto, that term came from um, a slave master sleeping with a slave and they made a mixed child. That's what a mulatto is. A lot of people didn't know that. But um, a lot of these terms simply come from our ancestry. Um, Let's go into colorism because I believe Mm -hmm. colorism started during slavery and I got evidence to back it up. Tell me if you agree or not, bro. Um. Yeah, I, I think that colorism was definitely uh propagated by slavery. Okay. So yes. Uh, my, my, my intake was um. Of course, you had light. You had slaves that were, of course, lighter complected than others. Mm-hmm. So my knowledge of it is most of the lighter complected slaves will be indoors serving the white the white people or you know giving them tea, giving them what they need, giving the slave masters you know, food or whatnot, cooking, maids, basically. And then, of course, the darker complexion slaves would be outside in the field picking cotton. So that that in itself created a rivalry with the slaves. They would be like, okay, you know, so why why are you getting treated better just because you're light-skinned, just because you're we're darker, we have to be outside? So that created colorism. I think it was by the slaves, but not intentionally. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what created that complex of superiority just because you're lighter than me you think you're better than me or you think you're more attractive or you think you're worthy more worthy than i am you know what i'm saying mm. I, I think the idea or the ideology that um that, that's the same you know like i was saying earlier with the systems of oppression saying that one group of people is better than another one for any arbitrary reason right. like I wouldn't say that it was light-skinned people per se that created that the that system. I would definitely say it was white people or the white slave owners who created the those systems of 
division between slaves. I mean, you got to make the old, the young people feel like the old people useless and the old people feel like the young people ain't listening. You got to make the men feel like the women don't know, hold their own weight and the women feel like the men, all they know how to do is grunt labor, but they they don't know nothing about the intricate details of the plantation. You got to keep coming up with something to make division between those slaves. So you got these light-skinned slaves who, um, or, you know, some of these... I, so it's impossible to say like all, every single um, light skin or lighter skin person who was um, was uh, inside and every single dark skin person was outside. I mean, I've personally seen like pictures of wet nurses, dark skin wet nurses holding white babies. And I know they wasn't having them white babies outside. So them dark skin ladies had to be inside with them babies, you know? Right. And right. then men, obviously, even if you're a light skinned man, like, even if they had you, even if they wanted you to be a butler, bro, if you they needed you outside towing in the field, you was gonna be outside towing in the field. You know what I'm saying? So like, even if they was light skinned, dark skinned, like these people were enslaved. So it's like they they was at the whim and at yeah. the control of these masters. So like they didn't have the social constructs to yes. create the terms for that division between light skin and dark skin. Like only the white people had the power to make that. In the you know, prevalent thing and make it matter. In the knowledge, in the knowledge, I think. Um, of course, we, you know, the slaves really didn't have that that, um, the knowledge to really just think because we talked about this in class. Also, people now in modern day say, and we don't go back to history, but modern day people say slavery was a choice. Slavery, the the slaves could have overpowered them by number wise. You know what I'm saying? Based on the numbers, they could have overtaking the white people or you know what i'm saying um the slaves people say that the slaves could have all you know jumped them or all you know shot them or hit them or beat them and it's like what's your what's your opinion on that because i feel like uh, personally i can't speak on nothing i haven't experienced right so first i can't like you just said, I can't speak of nothing I experienced, so I'm not finna sit up here and say, oh, yeah, if I was a slave, I would have led a slave revolt. Hell no, because you don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea what yeah. I would be thinking, what kind of circumstances I would have came up under. Like, it, the person I am today is completely created by the circumstances of my life, not by no circumstances of slavery. So, like, I can't say at all what I would do in that circumstance. But um, as far as, you know, these revisionist historians who are like, Oh yeah, slaves should have overpowered, had them on numbers. Like, yeah, black people may have had white people in numbers, like on these specific plantations. Like, yeah, okay, the slave master he got on a hundred slaves, and it's just him, his family, and these overseers on this plantation. Okay, yeah, those slaves got a numbers advantage, but only like eight hundred thousand slaves came to the continental United States. You know what I'm saying? Like people. People hear like the 20 million slaves that went through the slave trade and think every single one of them was coming to, you know, Virginia and Georgia. And, you know, they wasn't like it, slaves went all around the world, like 20 million people. They wasn't all they all came to America. Then maybe you could make the case like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, they could have overpowered them with sheer strength and numbers. But no, like even if they would have. The problem is, like, even the slave revolts that that were mildly successful, like where they did make something happen, like even those people still ended up getting killed in the end. You know why? Because they were still outnumbered and still outmanned, outpowered, outgunned. Like, like people, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you create uh, enough ruckus and you, you do start a slave revolt, like, 
at least at the beginning, y'all finna be fighting with like tools from the field. Like th- these white people have guns. You think they just took over the country because they because <laughs> they just was fighting with their hands? Like, of course not. Like, no, because so, so yeah, not because they're not physically. Yeah. Physically, they can't overpower us, so that's why they had to make weapons and all these, you know, things to take over because we are the alpha um, seed in the world. Like, definitely, we're definitely an alpha seed. Um, anybody that's black, I feel like is automatically a king. We automatically superior. I think we just have to see ourselves as that. It starts with us seeing ourselves as that because a lot of black people I've I've met or talked to, they don't even see themselves as a king. You know what I'm saying? And that further dates back to what we were talking about slavery and you know the the mental thing or just society how society sees us and it kind of like you know overtakes the mental um let's go back into history a little bit so after slavery of course let's go into the 13th amendment um the 13th amendment was to free the slaves quote-unquote meaning that they're now citizens of the usa and they, they're, they're not now entitled to vote. Men only. Men, men, not women. Men, women were in the 19th Amendment. Um, black men were now allowed to vote. And um, they were, all people, all slaves were free. Quote, unquote. But we talked about the clause when we was eating dinner. Um, the clause was, guys, that every black person is free unless they're an inmate or unless they're a prisoner. So this means that if anyone and I want you guys to really have you seen the um the 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 series on Netflix called the called Thirteenth? Oh yeah, I watched the, the documentary. Yes, I want you guys to really go tune into that. It it opens your eyes. But the Thirteenth Amendment was to free the slaves unless they were prisoners. So then after that came the Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws were made to further further segre- segregate black people. Um. These laws were put into place to, you know, even though we were free, we still had limitations. Um, you know, sl- uh, people that were arrested, pe- black people were arrested for minor things or nothing at all. They were just brought into the prison system um, to be slave, be enslaved again, because that was the clause in the Constitution. Um, my question to you is, do you think modern day prison systems are now... Well, do you think they're slavery? Um, yeah, yeah, they are. So, I mean, like the the Thirteenth Amendment is pretty clear, like that slavery and voluntary servitude are um, should not exist within the United States or any place under their jurisdiction if that's punishment for a crime. So, like, it's like only place that slavery is allowed in our society is prison so that's so yes i do believe that the prison system is modern day slavery and um i was actually reading uh the new jim crow by michelle alexander like mm-hmm. last week mm-hmm. um and i think that she raises a lot of good points about the um prison system and she wrote that book i believe in 2010 she wrote the 10th anniversary edition in 2020 and she was just talking about how like she didn't ex- the that decade from 2010 to 2020 like as far as like the um not even just with uh prison population growth or prison reform just solely but just like the the entire political culture of 
the country changed during that decade. Like seriously, the 2010s was extremely prevalent, especially about people, the uh, society, American people's relationship to like police violence. I feel uh-huh. like was amplified extremely during that. And so like people's perceptions of prison and what it means to be a criminal and what it means to be like um, doing something illegal or just the, everybody's perception of criminality is so different today than it was like even when she first talk, started talking about that in 2010, even though a lot of those points still ring true, it's like we live in such a different context. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that um oh I'm sorry, I almost lost my point. Um, so yeah, I think that what we what we looking at is a a system that's like beyond reform. Like those a lot of the, the things that happen a lot of the the not even a lot of the ways, the way that the prison system is set up is is unjust. It's not it's not um it's- yeah, I, I made the argument in one of my classes recently that the Thirteenth Amendment, uh, which is which allows slavery in the form of prisons, uh-huh. violates the Eighth Amendment, which is um, cool and unusual punishment. Means that you free of um, not free of it, but uh, you shouldn't be subject to cruel or unusual punishment. punishment. So and also, like, <laughs> slavery is cruel and unusual. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a contra- Everything is a contradiction in the Constitution. I believe it. I don't care what no one says. Every right has a contradiction to it. Even the 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 fucking freedom of speech has limitations mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, that's true. Everything, the right to bear arms, have a limitation to it. Um, the right to an attorney has a limitation to it. You know, it's everything. Um, and to to be quite frank, I think if we was going really going by the Constitution, a lot of this shit that happened to black people legally. Like, come on now. Like, we had Rodney King. That's clearly cruel and unusual punishment. We had, I mean, George Floyd. We had so many people in history, Black people, that have been tortured, lynched, um, the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, come on, the list goes on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a, that's a contradiction in itself. Because clearly y'all don't care about cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Unless, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I think like America or what I be trying to tell people or yeah, what I try to tell people, I need them to understand about the American Constitution and American political construct is it was created by and for white white men. Like <laughs> so like the constitution does not adequately serve the people because it's not written by the people. It was written by white men. And I keep and I I say this and I'm gonna say it again, like the only time or the only way that we'll ever adequately um, represent all of the people is the day that the United States has a new constitutional convention where members of every demographic that live in this country are represented to help create the laws going forward. But as long as we live under the laws that one demographic created, the, those laws will never adequately represent all of the populace. There's no yes. way that it can. It's just not possible. <laughs> like Not possible. Not possible. I totally agree. And let's go back to uh, what we were talking about. Oh, I said that black men were allowed to vote with the 13th Amendment. I think it was the 13th. Or I'm going to have to go do my it research. It was the 15th Amendment. The 15th, I'm sorry. 13th freedom, 14th gave him citizenship, and yeah. then 15th gave him the right to vote. Okay, so 15th Amendment. Yeah, I knew it was probably it was somewhere in there. But 
guys, the catch to this was, and this is a Jim Crow law, the the black men were allowed to vote only if they could pass a literacy test. Now, how can a person that's not allowed to read pass a literacy test? You see the contradiction? So, well, it's also, yeah, and past that point, though, like past the point of slavery, it was it was not even just like people who wasn't allowed to read. Like once you get once they was free from slavery, it was just like it ain't even just like, oh, I don't I can't read. It's like my access to information is completely limited to like, yes. you know, like what I have access to. And I was just a slave. So it's like what, what yeah. you know, and, and that's and I don't want to put that characterization on every single um, black person. Correct. Yeah, slavery Because exactly. all of the malumitted people were not uh, malumitted people were not uh uneducated miseducated like obviously it was obviously like these are people and so like even if you don't got even if you don't have as much like book knowledge like people are still able to conceptualize what's going on around them so like these not complete dummies but if you ask me very specific questions on a literacy test about stuff that like you asked me a very specific they were asking questions on those tests that like even some of those white people couldn't have answered very specific things that the constitution says they were asking questions about state like state um in, in specific states they asking you questions about this state legislature stuff that they passed like thing, things they didn't vote on stuff that you would have no frame of reference to know about because you have, like even if you even if you were able to read like even if that was the case, like the questions they ask you are about stuff that are that's outside of the off the walls. Yeah, that's just, so that's just bullshit. Because and this this guys was a way to control the political parties. This is a way for them to be able to choose who the president was. They didn't want us to have a voice, and I think that's why it's so important for us to. Well, we gonna get into that, but they didn't want us to have a voice back in the day. So that that was a way for them to to um dictate the way that the voting was going to go because obviously if they failed this test they were not allowed to vote leaving the white people the upper hand yeah you some places saying? it wasn't even literacy test some places had like grandfather clauses like if your grandfather was a slave you couldn't vote like some places yeah. just some places just outright like didn't let you vote <laughs> just because you was black so it was it's it, it was a lot of different a lot of different stuff keeping people from the polls for real Yes, yes, yes. And then let's move right along in history. We we got past the voting. Okay. Then we have, like we said, the Jim Crow laws. We have the Ku Klux Klan, was, which was a clan that was out to kill, destroy, really devils, man. They was out to destroy black people's homes. Uh, it was actually a Supreme Court case. I forgot the name of it. But they literally, dro- they literally it was three men, three white men. They literally drug this black man, tied him to that truck, drug him down the street for miles. And that's what um that's what declared the term hate crimes. Hate crimes are now federal crimes, quote unquote. Um, but because they did that, that kind of hate crimes and what a hate crime means. But can you imagine that? This man was just walking down the street and they literally tied him to their truck and drug him. Um, they were yeah, I mean that's plan. that's America for you. I mean, Amar Arbery, they just killed him, like same way, chased him down the street. You know, like th- those men came after him. He wasn't even doing nothing. Wasn't bothering nobody. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, guys. And um, 
Yeah, so these things happen to our, for anyone listening, these things legit happen to our people. And I want y'all to know, and and we're trying to educate. I think that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to educate you guys on our history so we can understand how we, because I hear so many black people say, how did we get here? And we're telling you how we got here. <laughs> like, we, we I really, that's why I want to go down this timeline with you guys. Okay, so mm-hmm. after we have the hate crimes, then we go into the, segregation era with Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, you know, so on and so forth, because this is Black History Month. I want you guys to know the figures. Um, So, what's your take on, because we had this argument too, bro, I wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> what's your take on Malcolm X's perspective versus Martin, do you agree with both of their perspectives, or do you agree with one more than the other? Um, It's not to create free, you know, like competition, but I really want you to give your intake on each one of these activists, these black kings. <laughs> um, sure. Um, I think that both Malcolm and Martin were brilliant, like okay. absolutely brilliant. And I don't think that anybody can um, amass the level of success that either one of them did without being, um, or in, in the field that they amassed that success in. Like, both of them were preachers. So, like, to become as popular as they were as preachers, I feel like you've got to be pretty damn brilliant. <laughs> and yes. I think that both of them were. <laughs> so, um, I think that one thing that bothers me is that people kind of, not kind of, they do, they they pit Malcolm, Malcolm and Martin against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're two men who like met on one occasion. <laughs> like they, they, the idea that they were just like buddy, um, buddy, yeah. No, nah, not even buddy, buddy. I'm saying like even serious, like adversaries. Like even, even in times where um, younger Malcolm, before his pilgrimage, would like, uh, you know, spout off about the Uncle Tom black leaders. Those quote unquote Uncle Tom black leaders were never the never his adversary for real though. You know, like they were never the the people who were gonna um who contributed to his oppression. They were never the individuals that um were sparking the outrage inside of him for real. Um it might have been a projection at their a projection of his anger at their um unwillingness to go in the same ideological light is him but mm-hmm. that's just like mild narcissism that anybody would have to get over if they were in a position like that um but i think i think that like yeah i oh one thing i, I want to say this too specifically mm-hmm. uh people talk about malcolm or they try to place like uh these uh they try to make it seem like malcolm x was telling people to advocating for people to be violent and he never did that and Let's and there's break no instance down. and there's no instance in history where like Malcolm or anybody in his entourage was like accused of inciting some violence or acting out violence on anybody so like the idea that Malcolm X is just this like preacher of violence and the antithesis of Martin Luther King is asinine and you clearly don't know anything about like the 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 belief systems that Malcolm represented, like he would have never told anybody to go out there and be violent. Like, like that was, 
Yeah. You you can find quotes of him saying if they sick a dog and you sick a dog back. They hit you, hit them back. That's that's defending yourself. That's yes, um, I, that's the completely different conversation than acting out violence on the people for any arbitrary reason. Um Yes. And so I think that is is just important to say that and pr- please people like let go of this idea that Malcolm means violence or that Malcolm is like the oh, if Martin is peace, then Malcolm is chaos type of uh, duality with them. Like, they aren't polar... We've polarized them through history, but, like, they aren't on opposite ends of the spectrum like people have tried to make them. And I think that that's just another way to keep us divided. Um, uh, And then Martin Luther King, um, the man is brilliant, but I think that his his value is severely understated. Um, People have never... Martin Luther King has written books like he's given so many speeches and people know he gave up my I have a dream speech, but have never heard the speech in its entirety, have never read the transcript of the speech, have never Absolutely. read any of the books that he has. They give him this holiday. But I mean, the thing is, Martin Luther King was talking about very, very radical dismantling of some of the oppressive systems that exist in the United States. So for people to think that he was just this passive this passive, super peaceful I mean, no, he was passive. Well, I don't say he was passive. But I would say he was peaceful, and he was a pacifist. But mm-hmm. his his ideology was not one that that was like um. It's not one that you can easily cast aside. Like if he was just talking about peace and love and all that all the time, they would not have killed him. Like I need people to understand that. Like they murdered this man because he had radical ideologies. Like. He was actually talking about something dismantling like capitalism and racism, like really getting intricately. He was, he was explaining them very intricately, concisely, and it is he is surgical in the way that he writes. So reading his books, it, that is the only way to truly conceptualize like the the ideas that he has and how he was trying to. Um, the way and just the way that he disseminated that information to people and and was able to captivate people's minds and get them to come out to support is just absolutely breathtaking. And so I'm I'm eternally grateful for the work that he did in this world. And, um, I am, I am. Yeah, also. but I, but I think I'm definitely very very sad at um how very little people one know about him for how little is or how concerted the effort has been to dilute his message and make him and dumb him down to just these old peaceful nonviolent protests when he, he was much more intricate than that and much, much greater. I totally agree. Uh, but we talked about that. I would, <laughs> we talked about, okay, if we was a slave, what I would do in that instance. Now I think for a fact, if a motherfucker spit on me, spat on me in that time, I'm definitely, I don't care, I'm dying, I'm going to have to die fighting. Like, you know what I'm saying? The way that they would disrespect our people, throw hot coffee on them in diners, for, you know, when they would try to do the sit-ins and because mm-hmm. they had just made the law to where black people can sit in diners without being, you know, asked to leave or violently removed. These people would, like, throw hot coffee on our people. And, man, so mm-hmm. if we... I use, mean, yeah, that's true. If we use, you know, the MLK, you know, Martin Luther King was basically saying, like, okay, they throw hot coffee on you, still sit there. They spit on you, still sit there. You know what I'm saying? And I get his perspective. 
But man, I don't think I'll be able to keep my cool. You know what I'm saying? I, just, just me. Yeah, I, I would say like that. But again, that's like easy to say it, from it your is. from your perspective because of the experience from the experience that you had growing up in the time that you did. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like if you would have came up in that time, that your perspective of whiteness and your relationship to that would be so different. Like it's easy yeah. to say in this moment, like, oh yeah, I would have died right there on the spot, like. But imagine yeah. dying. Yeah. Like, but imagine actually dying. Like, imagine this is, like somebody <laughs> just spit on me and I'm really finna die for it right now. Like, but it, see, it's really easy to say that, but I, I guarantee, like, in that moment, somebody spit on you or throwing coffee on you and you live in a society where you know this white person can get away with doing anything to you. Right. Like, it's a like, but the spit and the you- coffee is like literally the least. Of, like, at, and they lived in a world where those, uh, what's his name, Roy Bryant, and I can't even think of the other dude's name. They murdered Emmett Till for nothing. I was gonna like, say Emmett Till. So I'm saying you can. So you live in. Think about that though. You live in a world where that can happen, where that can happen, and nothing go. They they that jury deliberated for like less than an hour, and those men got off. Seventy but- years later, the lady talking about she lied. So, like, imagine living in a society where something like that is just like, oh, yeah, I could just get murdered, like, yeah. and it'd be nothing. But, so, like, somebody spitting on you or throwing coffee on you, that's that's tough. That's, that's, that's irritating. That would get under your skin. That would piss you off. That would make you feel less than human. Yes, but, like, but in see, that moment, those people are there for a greater purpose than dying for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they knew going in. I'm sitting. I'm going to this city. I'm going to sit at this counter. I'm not getting up. Like... I'm the resolve that those people had to have to say, I'm going to go sit through this regardless. You know, it was much bigger than like, it was much bigger than them. You know, that their individual life is important. Absolutely. But this is a collective effort, a collective struggle. So like them sitting in that moment, like, of course you're getting spit on. Of course they throwing coffee on you. Of course they calling you all out your name and they probably yanking you and pulling you, trying to throw you on the ground, do all type, hitting you, all type of stuff. But like, but I'm here because I gotta. They had to. They had to open they, the doors for us. You yeah, ain't never got spit on at no lunch counter, have you? It's because them people got spit on. You ain't never got no coffee thrown on you in the lunch counter, have you? It's because our ancestors sat through that for us. You know what I'm saying? So, but in 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 retrospect, because I think about, let's go back a little bit to history. It's actually slaves that jumped ship with their children. Because they didn't want their life of being a slave. Emmett Till, for example, literally got beat to death. You know what I'm saying? So it comes it comes to play a time to where you like want to be like Malcolm X. And I don't know. I, I, I couldn't speak because I wasn't in that era. But, you know, it, it was slaves that jumped ship. And it was also people that got beat to death without defending themselves not one bit. So it's either, you know what I'm saying? It comes to the light to where not gonna kill me they throwing coffee on me that's that might not kill me well let's talk about people that literally got beat to death or was about to get shot you know what i'm saying so do you choose lay there and die or do you fight back um obviously i would say that depends on context like people always say fight or flight but fight or flight puts it's polarized thinking and everybody exists on the spectrum somewhere between the two poles so it's like in this situation it depends on the situation. Like it just mm-hmm. it just literally depends on what's happening. But like I think I personally believe that if you live righteously, bro, you can live righteously to the grave. You know what I'm saying? If you know what right. you're standing on is true, if you know what you're standing on is right, you know what you're standing on is just, you you can stand on that to the grave unashamed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like um in a lot of contexts and a lot of situations where people didn't been killed. It, 
it's like for some of these people is like they was going to try to kill you like regardless mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like saying that or trying to trying to say like that white people kill like or that these that these black people didn't die at the hands of white folks for because they was fighting for just causes or because they mm-hmm. was fighting or because they just had like these like beliefs um gives like too much conscience to white people because the large mm-hmm. number of them black people was gonna get killed by them just because they was black you know what i'm saying it didn't have right. nothing to do with like what they was what type of like person they actually were it was just we finna kill you because we finna kill you like lynch mobs is just common like yeah caught you outside no- you was just you just lacking like it's just it's just about to be that situation for you because just because they wanted it to be not necessarily because anything you did or any belief that you have you know what i'm saying yeah i get it. it it's now i i totally agree with um martin luther king um perspective in a lot of things i told you about when i went to the pro but that's more modern day but martin luther king guys is mostly about peace regardless of what they do we're gonna we're gonna stay in peace we're gonna be in peace we're gonna love you know what i'm saying malcolm x on the other hand Let's 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 dismantle the the stereotype that Malcolm X promoted violence. Okay, the Black Panthers movement we talked about this also was not a was not a group that was an organization. It was not formed for violence. It actually was formed to protect our people from the Ku Klux Klan or from white people that tried to harm us. Yes, they carried guns, but it was for our protection. I, you know, I can't stand people say like they carry guns. These people carry guns too. They drug us down the street. What do you mean? The gun is, you know, menace, like really? Yeah. So the the Black Panther movement was made to protect. They didn't go out, you know, dragging people down the street and lynching white people. No. Of course not. But if you come at us with some BS, we're gonna fire back. And that's that's just what it was. You know what I'm saying? So my question to you is, why what is the why, why do you think white people Label and see this comes into retrospect as now they label us as violent, you know what I'm saying? When we're simply trying to protect ourselves, do you think that's a way of suppression mentally or a way of labeling us, even though we're trying to we're in our right to protect ourselves? Because yeah. it started, it started there. I'm telling you, it started with the with the Black Panthers. They you know started labeling us the labeling theory of they're violent. You know they're they're chaotic. They don't know how to act. They, you know right. what I'm saying. Well, I can't even say it started with the Panthers. Like it started before that. They because the, so they have to the in order to keep the status quo what it is. Like you have to reinforce this idea that uh, this idea of white superiority. And so you have to say, oh, black people are savages. Oh, black people are inherently violent. Oh, black people are dumb. Oh, black people are this. You have to keep creating those that separation. Or if you stop creating the separation, if you stop saying those things, you stop making or creating a narrative that this demographic, black people, is worse off or they are not as good as this demographic, white people. If you stop creating that narrative and creating those that conversation about those type of things then um the constructs on which the country stands won't exist and basically like one thing that i I would be talking about in my thesis is like america creates the terms for its own demise 
by oppressing people and simultaneously having a system where they where they claim to give you all these rights. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. you you tell these people like, oh yeah, you have the right to free speech. You got you got all these rights. The whole Bill of Rights, you got all of this, all of these amendments uh protect your rights. We got this whole mm-hmm. setup to create this just society. We supposed to be the great melting pot where any anybody can be heard and we got popular sovereignty and democracy and you know the world's supposed to just be so peaches and rainbows but the reality is that uh multiple systems of oppression exist within that you know what i'm saying multiple the ideology the separation of people exists inside of that and so um like i was saying we'll never be able to face the, the yeah. we'll never be they'll never face the like music for real because yeah. the as long as we live under this same construct, like it, it'll never represent those people, and so we always they always gonna keep up those keep up that rhetoric and keep up the narrative that like oh like black people they gonna talk about black on black crime and they gonna say like oh our neighborhoods are this and our schools are failing, mm-hmm. but the the fact of the matter is the truth of the situation is one they stole us they brought us over here. then. They they purposely miseducated us for hundreds of years, and then they free they uh, quote unquote free a bunch of people, but you gave them nothing. You know, you gave them no land, no nothing. You gave them no education. And you was just absolutely like, get off, leave, go, like and, and figure then- out and figure it out. And so, for all this time, we just been figuring it out. But the the reality is, we we've been putting a seriously disadvantageous situation like it, it, we, we've been playing pickup we've been playing we've been trying to catch up the whole time but the reality is like the system is set up too far and the gap is too wide to catch up like the only reasonable thing is like i was saying earlier like a creation of a new con- uh, constitution, constitution for all the people for all the people not just one race and the thing that i didn't hear the white person say and it's not you know the racist but I've, from my experience, I've heard white person say in front of me, you need to go back to Africa. And I'm like, are you, like, you're a fucking country, a living walking contradiction because y'all are the true fucking vandalists. Like, y'all, have you ever heard of the Dawes Act? Like, y'all literally stole this land from the natives. But you, yeah. but I'm a, but I'm a crook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, guys, like, you have to know your history. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that's a way for, for them to project what they did oh, on yeah. us. Yeah, like the, 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 the fact of the matter is there's no demographic on this planet that owes their detriment to black Americans. There's mm-hmm. no demographic no demographic period in the world that black Americans have as a collective oppressed. Or it was us who led to the detriment of their people or something like that. And so like for the narrative for of black Americans to be that we're like less than and dumb and we have all these negative things added on to our personas and, and things that people say about us or think about us globally that we have no control over because we don't create the narrative. Like the white Americans, white, the people in power create the narratives about our people in our community. But the reality is we've never done anything wrong to any other demographic. All of the instances of savagery and all of the instances of um, complete in- inhumane behavior has been mm-hmm. acted out completely and solely by the hands of these white people, these oppressors. Like they came 
to to America and raped and murdered Native Americans, pushing them out. I mean, Native American population is so small now, and they like the um, poorest demographic back per capita in the United States. And in all the United States, one of the richest countries in the world, and it's just living on their land. But that demographic of people is extremely poor. And then they enslave. They had indentured servants that they, and those were a lot of white people, some black people, um, some Native Americans, but it's hard to keep Native Americans. Yes. Um, Native Americans, it was hard to keep them around because they know the land. They can get away. They, they can easily exactly. get away. They know more Native Americans than the other white people. Um, you had a situation where, I think it was Bacon's Rebellion, where like you yes. had white people and black people and Native Americans all working together for that same revolt. And so yeah. having white people be indentured servants alongside black people and be slaves alongside black people, that didn't work. There's no way to maintain that. It was no way to have a it was no way to have a differentiation between master and slave that way. So what they do, they go get some people who look completely different from them, who you if I see you on the spot, I'm gonna know exactly that you're not me or you not a master, you're not supposed to be free. So they go get all these black folks bring these black folks over and enslave them and slavery is literally inhumane cruel unusual but the the savagery is always on their part and when you look through our history around the world um and everywhere that imperialism went uh they had this orientalist mindset that made native savages and made white people in white exceptionalism basically like we're gonna make you savages and make y'all all negative and then we're gonna portray whiteness as purity and white greatness. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And I want us to dismantle one more thing. I'm sorry. Like we we typically say, and I find myself saying it too, Native American. But I when I run across a Native American, I say you're native because this is truly their land. You know what I'm saying? And some mm-hmm. of them take offense when we say Native American because they're like, This is something that was taken from us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wanna bring to the light, y'all ever notice that everything with the term black is negative, like being black bald, being black mailed. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. these these terms that we use are to further, we might not even notice them, you know what I'm saying? But they're to further, you know what I'm saying, oppress us. Everything black is negative, you know what I'm saying? The right. When the term is in the front of a word, the root word is black, is negative. So I want us to just look at those kind of things and really just analyzing because a lot of these things come from the white person they come from the word the term nigger the term nigga you know what i'm saying and we might not notice them bro and i don't know if you notice the black male thing or the black the, the black ball on the pool table is always the last you know what i'm saying yeah hmm i definitely uh i definitely get what you mean uh i think that studying semantics would help you a lot with uh just understanding like why certain words are used and how they've been used to like oppress certain different demographics. Um, one thing about oh, I got I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. how do you how do you feel about like I know different black people have different feelings about it, but like how do you feel about black people saying nigga or nigga? um okay so. I'm not going to get on this fucking podcast and act like I'm a saint. I haven't said nigga before. No. Right. Um, but doing further um, research, I really found out the core of where it came from and how it was used to 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 oppress us and make us feel less than. 
restrain myself away from saying it because I know that, you know, when you say it to a black person, they don't take offense to it at all. You know what I'm saying? It's just another word. But I know where it came from and how it was, how, how the word was formed to to disrespect us. It was formed to um, make us feel less than and to disempower us. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I'm trying to reframe from saying a lot of the terms that I was brought up to say. I can't really, you know, fault myself because I was brought, brought around these things. That's just like anybody else. When you're brought around something, rather it's religion, rather it's social aspects or social way of thinking, it's something that you're brought around. So it's hard to reach. It's, you have to retrain your muscle, your brain to think otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's my take on it. I think that we shouldn't. I, I now, like I call you a king, bro. I call... I, I call every black man I know a king. That's that's my way of trying to restrain myself from saying nigga. Right. Or I say mm. my black queen because we are truly royalty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel. Um Yeah, I think that I think that word that word um huh, I say nigga all the time. I start yeah. there. Let me start there. I say it all the time because I'm yeah. And I don't plan on like so look, I think that black people mm-hmm. when black people say nigga, I don't take no offense or nothing to it. I don't think nothing of it because mm-hmm. it is what it is. Other demographics say it, then I'm like, all right, look, bro, chill. Cause yeah. it's just the 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 societal implications of somebody saying nigga that's not black is just completely different than somebody saying it and being black like i shouldn't have to explain that i feel like that should be a, a clearly apparent like mm-hmm. me saying nigga to another black person is nowhere near the same and don't have the same societal implications as somebody who's not of this same demographic of black person saying it um mm-hmm. but what i will say is like and i think that no another thing that i think is if you are part of the demographic that contributed to that other demographics, like oppression, you shouldn't even want to say it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, if you white, yeah, if you white, especially you should not want to say it, but if you're not black, you should not want to say nigga, just period. For me, another a thing that I try to tell, like, especially men, like when I'm talking to other men, uh, when I'm talking about this same topic is like, I don't say the B word and I wouldn't use it. Cause like, but if a woman, if women use the B word, I, I don't think nothing of it. Or I don't think twice about it. But every time a man says the B word, I notice and I hear it and I'll be like, he should not have said that. Or they they should have kept their yeah. mouth closed on that. Like the whole. So like the, the idea basically for me is like those. Yeah, I wouldn't use any word that is used to like oppress another demographic. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. use it. Like period ever, so I yeah. don't. I don't say the b word. I don't say like the f word in reference to gay people. I don't say. Mm-hmm. I don't use any racial slurs or derogatory terms. Like I, I, I just call people what they are. I refer to demographics as the demographic that they are. I don't. I don't think it's necessary or that is useful, helpful, or anything to refer to other demographics as derogatory terms for that demographic. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I think those are very good points, bro. I'm glad that you said that. Um, let's dismantle also the term that words don't 
hurt. Words don't mean anything. Words, in fact, do mean things, and they, in fact, do oppress people. Let's get that straight. Words are powerful. Like, they really do. You know what I'm saying? Calling someone a nigger or a faggot or... I don't care what no one says. We're all human. We all have feelings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't care how strong you are. You are still a homo sapien. And a homo sapien is not a homo person, guys. It's a human. <laughs> but a homo sapien... The root of us is human. Black, white, whoever you are. Transcendent race, color, whatever. You're still human. You know what I'm saying? And I get the whole concept of, you know, let things roll off your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? That shouldn't hurt you. But who are you to tell me what should hurt me or not? You don't know how that word affects me or how that word oppresses me. You get what I'm saying? That's facts. So let's stop saying that. Like, let's use words that uplift one another. King, queen, you're beautiful inside and out. Because I think beauty is outside is actually internal. Um, beauty, true beauty is internal. Um, let's get away from calling each other ugly. Let's get away from, you know what I'm saying, pointing out each other's flaws. I think those, that's whack. I think we should definitely look at each other in a, to a higher level. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, they be saying, like, nobody's perfect, but we all perfect because we exactly as we meant to be. So, like, yes. everybody flawless, bro. There's no point in trying to talk down on nobody. Like, I go by GOAT, man, but I feel like everybody the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think you 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 the greatest because God made you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. the, the almighty, omnipotent being that created all things decided to create you. Like, for real. God, 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 that could create anything decided that you was worthy of life. Of course you're beautiful. Like, yeah. of course you're amazing. Like, of course you're fantastic. Of course you're wonderful. Like you, of course, of course. <laughs> like God was yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna let you live. Like you, you wake up every day. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Let's 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 just appreciate each other, bro. And I think you're a king in your own essence. I wouldn't, you know, I think you're a beautiful person. Um, I really, you know, I really fuck with your energy, your vibe. I think that you really, we really, truly could, you know, shift away or try to. I know you say it's gonna be hard to dismantle every ism in the world but we can yeah. give it a good shot bro we can give it a good uh, shot I def- and i definitely think it's gonna happen in this lifetime i'm gonna see it happen for sure yes. <laughs> it has to like i have to i gotta i gotta that has to happen <laughs> i can't let's, live without it happening so it's gonna come let's do it bro let's say see now i want to get into moving along because we're gonna get into modern day and then we're gonna end the podcast but let's go into you know who billy holiday is right yeah, I do know Billy. Okay, so she wrote this poem called "Strange Fruit." Are you are you aware of it? Um, I have heard the, her perform the song to music, but I've never heard the poem without the music. Okay, I want you to look up this poem really fast and really analyze what she's talking about. You said "strange fruit." I mean, yeah. she's. I know in the song she was talking about um, black people hanging from trees. Yes. Yeah, she um yeah, that's it's potent. Let me see. Here we go. Yeah, that's true though. I think that um I mean, oh, did you want me to read it out loud or just read cuz uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reading it. Just, okay. just do a, a brief. Yeah, just read it to yourself and then give okay. give Yeah, okay. So, um Yeah, definitely. I think that 
this this was written by Milt Raskin. I know she performed it. Um, but this uh, this poem slash song is about conscience. You know, like it's yes. about um, basically he kind of paints the picture of, like riding through the south and mm-hmm. you ride past trees and you see black bodies swinging. Like, yes. Strange fruit, strange fruit hanging from trees. Like it's mm-hmm. the the point in this work is to illustrate like the give you is to give you an imagery of what they would see passing by these trees. Yeah, is is instead of fruit is is dead bodies rotting, is dead bodies um um hanging um mm-hmm. for days. Their body is now decomposing. You know what I'm saying? So can you imagine living in that time and driving by and seeing that? And the problem with this poem is, <laughs> I find it so crazy and ironic that they didn't want the white people didn't want her performing the poem because it was forcing them to raise the glass to their face and acknowledge what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's facts. So, my question to you is, why don't do you think they will ever acknowledge us or see us as human? Because first, I feel like in order for us to be viewed as human. They have to no longer see us as property because Dred Scott was a slave and he actually went to the Supreme Court and they said that black people are slaves. We're not human. They were, in fact, property. All right. So, so he couldn't bring the case and argue. Right. So in, in guys, in order for us to, for them to see us as human, they have to retrain their muscle. We're no longer property. We never were property. Let's dismantle that. We were all we were always always human. So. That's the only way in my eyes that we will be viewed as equal. Hmm. I think that um, the idea of equality is kind of skewed now. Like a lot of people's perception of equality is like, or their idea of it is like, oh, as long as I have what the oppressors have, that's good. Like, but the the true the tr- true equality like truly making everybody stand on the same level playing field will require much greater things like it's no amount of money that they could the government could send out to us that'll make us equal socially you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. the 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 political and social things that have occurred to create the context that we live in Right. Um, could not and will not be like undone just by like some monetary advancements or something simple like that because it's it's these ideas are so deeply entrenched in our society that the idea of like actual genuine equality is like it's almost far fetched especially today yeah. like in this moment today is is it's yeah it's five hundred years of oppression it's hard to retrain that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it, the, it's no way to. Yeah, it's just it's no way to do that under the and so that that was that's part of the another part of the reason I have for like the the new constitution for the country is like to even get to the ideological space as a nation to undertake something like that would mean that there was great societal change underway. 
You know what I'm saying? Like to even get to a point where people would agree and say, yeah, we need to make a new constitution would mean that we did so much work to get people to that point because we're nowhere near that point today. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think equality is going to come through consistent and collective efforts. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, that's the only way. Absolutely. No. Let's move into modern day. Um, let's go into a specific case that, that kind of shifted the world. And I feel like he definitely gave us at least a fighting chance of justice in a sense. Let's go to George Floyd. Um, we talked about this in the previous podcast, but I want to reiterate it. Um, George Floyd was obviously killed by a black cop. His, you know, his knee was in his neck. White, cop, white, cop. white cop. White cop, sorry. White cop. Um, his knee was on his neck. Um, clearly a violation of his Eighth Amendment, right, which we said earlier. Um, clearly just inhumane. Clearly just fucking outright ridiculous. Um it was videotaped. Thank God we have video footage now. We can record on our iPhones, our smartphones, whatever you call them. Um, but it's been cases in the past where it's been recorded and, and the person still get acquitted. But we're not going to get into that. Um, but clearly this man was 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 just, they did him badly. Um, so, of course, the, the white man went to, went to um, he got, he got charged with the crime. Um, but before this happened, of course, we as black people, we um, protested our First Amendment right, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of, you know, the press, the press, you know, it went everywhere. Um, quick, and- little, um, quick little acronym for the people. If you want to re- remember the First Amendment, raps, R-A-P-P-S, religion, assembly, press, petition and speech. Yes, 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 yes. That's how I remember it too. That's funny. <laughs> um, yes, we 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 used our right to assemble, and we um well, I protested really, quote unquote. I'm not going to say. You know, some people might think, "Oh, you're trying to say that we didn't." I protested peacefully, meaning I walked down the street with a collective of others, and we had signs, we had banners, um. You know, just 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 really words of encouragement. Um, really just holding the glass to their face and saying this was wrong. Um, uh, we we marched for miles and miles down the street. They have they took pictures of us marching. Um, of course, on a retrospect, you had some kings. I'm not gonna even say black people and equate them to violence. Some kings and queens. Um, they were looting, quote unquote. But like, let's go back to history. We know who the real looters are. Um, so, meaning they were vandalizing, quote unquote, and tearing up businesses. Now, I don't agree with our people tearing up our black businesses. Quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about Target. But tearing up our own establishments that we built, I think that okay, you know, chill out with that one. But um, they were tearing up Target, the Louis Vuitton store, blase, blase. Um, we talked about this. And I was just saying that I took the Martin Luther King approach, not saying that Malcolm X was violent. We already dismantled that stereotype. I, we took the, the Martin Luther King approach and protested peacefully because I felt like that way none of our people got hurt. And that way none of our people got sent to prison or jail. Well, not prison, but jail. 
because that's what they want us to be anyway. That way, our people we we felt we felt heard. You know what I'm saying? We were we were right. We wasn't right, and we were um you know chanting things, inspirational things. Um, and then of course the news came, and only showed when the news came on. They only showed black people rioting and 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 looting. That's the problem I had because not of all of us doing it. You get what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. So here comes the imagery of how they view us. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, it's about the narrative. The narrative is what matters, not really the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, my thing is, I really want us as black people to, because we had this argument, I really want to dissect this. Um, I want to say, now I get the anger, totally get it. I was angry myself. Hell, all of us was angry. I don't know who wasn't angry. Um, but I really want us to ask ourselves, are we doing this for our own sake as far as, you know, tearing up things, whatever, or are we doing this for whoever died? You know what I'm saying? And I think it's a valid question. I really want us to stay focused on the subject at hand and not stray away from it because that's not, in fact, what we're here for. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We're here to create awareness in a way. We're here to vocalize our opinion. We're here to at least be heard in some way, shape, or fashion. And I get, like you said, some people feel unheard, and that's why they riot. That's why they act out. Because I heard the saying that when a person doesn't feel heard, they tend to shout, or they tend to get louder. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. So I totally get it. But I really want us to focus on seeing ourselves higher and really because the what the, the mission was to be heard, right? That's the whole point of us going out there. Are we really being heard from tearing up target? Well, I mean, your goal was to be heard. Right. You know I mean? Well, I think well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't if know. somebody goes to go out there and loot, they gonna go out there and loot. <laughs> but see, but see, is looting is looting is that creating awareness? Is that is that for George Floyd? Is the looting for George Floyd? No, it's not about it's not about George Floyd, or it's not about creating awareness. You you right. don't loot, you don't loot because you like oh they killed George Floyd. You loot because right. you like man America is terrible. They still killing black folks. They didn't kill a hundred of us. I'm I don't care no more. I'm about to throw this bottle through this window and I'm taking these shirts off this rack. Like it's not even about <laughs> it's not even I about it. like. <laughs> It's not an awareness thing. It's not about none of that. It's about why is America bad? America gonna keep being bad. I might as well steal this stuff I want while they talking about something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, the, the people who riot, bro. Like, I'm not. Something? I'm not here. I'm not here trying to advocate for riots and tell people right. to go out and steal out of stores and break windows and none of that stuff. But I am saying that at a certain point, like. At a certain point, I feel like people got to stop being mad at the response and be mm-hmm. mad at what caused it. Like, mm-hmm. at a certain point, because at the point that I say, oh, it was Black people out there protesting, Black people out there rioting, and then I say, like, oh, well, well, basically, my the idea is that, like, if the people who are out there protesting or peacefully protesting, they walk and trying to create awareness, trying to create social change and social right. justice, like, right. that stuff, them people who are rioting, those are the people who are going to benefit from the work that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? If you create space exactly. for black folks, and it's black folks rioting, so like, to get to say like, oh, 
on those the type of black folks on like blah blah blah. To say you don't like any type of black folks to, to bash any type of people is to say like you don't really believe in what you're saying. Like I get what you're saying. Like, the idea of like unconditional love, the idea of like mm-hmm. these are my people, good, mm-hmm. bad or indifferent, because you human and I care about you being in a better situation tomorrow than you in today. I'm out here protest. Like I went to plenty of protests. 2020, mm-hmm. I was in the trenches on bullhorns walking down. I'm from Chicago. I'm on mm-hmm. bullhorns walking down Lakeshore Drive. We shutting down streets. We in Hyde Park. We doing stuff. We downtown in front of Trump Tower going crazy. I'd have been in fights, full on real life fist fights with police officers at protests. <laughs> like the mm-hmm. the idea that like people being there, the things that happen at the protests, the the stuff that goes on at protests and uh, writing, mm-hmm. speech making, organizing, all of that stuff is necessary. Like mm-hmm. every single part of it is going to push the idea. Because the thing is, even if you don't like writing, and I'm not saying, because again, I don't want no black businesses to get messed up because it's like, damn, like I know yeah. some probably work really hard for that. But that's and, the only really problem I have with the writing. And I'm not saying, right, and I'm not saying, but like, Obviously, like Target, Louis Vuitton store. I've seen a Gucci store get busted in downtown. It was a bunch of luxury stores downtown Chicago that got busted in. Like, the thing is, I don't feel no ways about their stuff because them people stupid rich and they yeah, not. I don't, give a damn about <laughs> I don't give a damn about Target. Walmart. That's what I'm saying. So, like, those, but those communities, like the people that's rioting, hitting up those stores, those, them riots and them, that stuff being stolen, like, even though it's not necessary, I'm not gonna say it's just like, oh, it's good for the cause. It's like, it's a part of it. Like, it's gonna happen. Like, there are gonna be people who do that regardless. So it's like, if you standing on something, if your cause is righteous and you protest and y'all assemble to protest or y'all assemble to go out and do your thing, go out and do your thing and do that. But the rioters, that's gonna happen. Like, even if that's not your stilo, you don't want people to riot, that's gonna happen. So you just gotta get past that. You gotta charge <laughs> like, to the game. Charge to the game. Time. Yeah, because I don't want, because God, in Black black Kings, and I, like you said, you can't judge people, the black people that are rioting, because that's their way of vocalizing how they feel. But Black Kings, I want you to, and Queens, I want you all to understand that by, you know what I'm saying, they're gonna paint the image of us being looters and rioters when that's in fact not who we all are and that's not in fact who we are we're just trying to vocalize how we feel now some people do it in different ways but i just want i just want to see ourselves like in a different life and really ask ourselves them burning questions you get what i'm saying because yeah. if I'm asking you this question it's not judging you it's trying to see you higher and really get to the bottom of why you're doing it hmm Because you have to have a purpose for doing anything you're doing. It has to be a reason why you're doing it. I don't care what anyone says. It's a reason. It's a motive. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, you got to... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> right. That's an interesting point. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see where I stand on that point. <laughs> uh, that you always got to... At least saying you always have a motive. It's always a motive, good or bad. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, good or bad. Hmm. Yeah, I mean you do stuff for a reason. So yeah, I can't. I guess I can't agree to that. Yeah, um, what's the reason for you doing it? And if you can't answer it, then what I was gonna say, I did tell you a reason. <laughs> like people, people write because they tired of what it is, the status quo. Like you, you, 
the thing is, we sat on this podcast and we didn't say it. Oh, it's been happening. Social indoctrination, four hundred years, slavery, uh, Jim Crow laws, mass incarceration. Like they put, we ain't talk about this, but we already know how they got down with crack and the war on drugs. So yeah. Like, so the, the idea, the idea that like, or it's just not far fetched and it's not that far outside what? of reason to me to for people to riot. Because America yes. is bad. America is very bad. America rioting, like, is the least that America deserves. They they've committed genocide. They've enslaved people. Like, the America is horrible. So, like, Absolutely. a riot is not is the least of my concern when this country has has literally committed war crimes and just horrible no. crimes against humanity. Just period. I get it. I totally get it. What we did of what they did to us, totally understood. But when you do an eye for an eye, everyone is blind. You know what I'm saying? Right, but we're not doing an eye for an eye. It's not even close. We didn't enslave white people. We didn't commit no, no. genocide. It's not even not close. Saying, just an eye. Not saying that we're equal, but I'm saying that we must see ourselves higher. And maybe I'm more of a Martin Luther King person. I love Malcolm X. I love him. I love him to death. But, um, that's my perspective on it. I get what you're saying too. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't want you to think I'm trying to dismantle or, or you know, what I'm saying. Nah, you good. You good. Yeah, but I just feel like we have to see ourselves higher and really get to the bottom of why we're doing it and ask ourselves that. And I don't mind asking no king, king, why you tap the damn Target store? And if he say because I felt like it, I'm gonna say okay. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Thank you for being honest. I'm not gonna judge him for it, but I do want to know. And I think. It's a valid question. Yeah, I mean, riots. Yeah, this you you haven't seen your last riot <laughs> like, at I mean, all. At like, all, it's not it's not even close. Like, not in this lifetime. Not the in this thing is, bro. Like America's so ridiculous, bro. Like I don't even get how you can say how could y'all riot. They left like Malcolm Brown. I mean, Michael Brown sitting in the street dead for all them hours. Like, of course, then people rioted. Like, of course, they yeah. pissed off. Like, y'all left this man dead in the street for the sun yeah. to bake him up. Of course, we rioted and we're pissed. Like, yeah, anger. But I'm, but see, and then when I know when I say this, I'm gonna get backlash. People saying, "Well, so you're saying we shouldn't be angry?" Y'all think that? Look, I marched with George Floyd's mother and father. Do y'all think his mother and father were happy? Of no, no. The, the people were upset. They were angry, but guess what they did? We marched peacefully because the lady, his mother said, we have a bigger mission. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to negate anybody for rioting. Let's get that clear. It's not to negate, negate anyone. It's to say that no one that was marching was happy that George Floyd had a knee on his neck for executive, for however amount of minutes that he had. Happy about that. But I'm saying that, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just have to focus on the mission at hand. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's my whole thing. And that thing is, though, like, the mission at hand, the goals that we're trying to achieve, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everybody is going to go about doing that in in the way that they best think is righteous. You know what I'm saying? Like, every single person is going to go about that, even if we got the same, even if we end up in the same place. That don't mean we got that through the same means. You know what I'm saying? We didn't take the same route, and we didn't come to the same, them conclusions the same way. Like, so it's, like, I think that, 
I just think that everybody, we need everybody. Like, everything. Like, we need people who are going to protest, and we need some good orators who are going to speak to speak of the people. And we need people who are going to get outright pissed off and fight. Like, yeah, you need you need everybody who's gonna do they part. Like everybody got to find their niche and figure out how am I helping this liberation struggle? Like, if Target lose two hundred thousand dollars because people raid them, I'm not worried about Target. I'm they not worried about the nigga. They gonna make a billion dollars. They gonna make a billion yeah. dollars this year, bro. And they now, not gonna give a cent to the hood. You know. What now I'm saying? I will, I will say this. I'm not taking this shit back. When y'all riot, don't take up, don't don't burn up nobody nobody's black business. Please don't, because I'm gonna be pissed at y'all kings for doing that shit. Don't tell nothing that we as people established, okay? Tell mm-hmm. Target. <laughs> Target. <laughs> yeah, nah, for real though. Like the any of those stores that's like owned by these larger corporations, I don't want to just put it on Target. Target, I, y'all, excuse me, I ain't got no beef with Target specifically. I don't even. Like, nah, they you literally call saying, Target, like, so they got a Target on their back. Off that. Yeah, Target, Target. <laughs> too easy. Yeah, they too Target, easy. Target. Don't Target no fucking black business with your grandma and then they have for twenty years. Like, no, don't yeah. do that. There's, so it's not even personal with them, but it's just like these large corporations, they make an exorbitant amount of money. Like they are so able to recoup and back it up. Like money is just arbitrary paper being printed. Like they literally going to get it. They're going to get it back. All the money that they lose, they're going to tell the bank that they lost it. It's going to make national news. So of course they're going to get their money back. Like it's all a game. They'll be fine. So like the these corporations, like, Name one corporation that went bankrupt because somebody rioted. Like, <laughs> like right, that shit is minor damage. That happen. shit was fixed the next day. It's not gonna happen at all. They gonna board up their store till they can get somebody to come replace that glass, and then they gonna fill the store back up. That's honestly. Yeah. They gonna file the insurance claim, and it's gonna be next. It's gonna be fixed the next day. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They'd be all right. Right. Yeah, but don't you know your your grandmama's washing interior? Please. <laughs> Nah, seriously though, like the the small the small businesses, like it just don't even make it don't even make sense. Like, why would I rob these people down the street when I can go rob Walmart, like or a bank? Or you know what I'm saying? Well, now, I don't know the now a bank that'd be significantly different, more difficult to pull off during. Yeah, riot. I'm you sure because riots be mostly snatching grab. Now, bank job <laughs> that'd be a whole lot go go somewhere that has tons of money. Please don't go to your grandma auntie's oh, bakery or your grandma's yeah. wife. You know, your grandma's uh, cool cup house. You know what I'm saying? Just leave that alone. Like, we're here to empower our people, not tear us down. But yeah. I really thank you for being a part of this. Bro, did you enjoy this podcast, bro? Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. It was fun, bro. Yeah, I had a good time, for sure, for sure. Glad I came on. Glad the people could listen to me. I hope they enjoy it. Man, we're gonna have to do a lot more, man. He going but y'all, he going back to the shop, bro. I'm kinda sad, y'all, bro. Like we he definitely gonna be the long the long bro. This my this my brother, man, for sure. Like he cool as hell. Cool as a fan. The um yeah, we gonna we gonna lock back in, man. I mean we can do these. We ain't gotta be in the same spot to do these, man. So we we can do another one, you know. Get back on it. Talk to the people. Hopefully, get some good reviews. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Please share this podcast if you can. Tell your people to listen to it. You know, we all about uplifting each other, King, and that's what we're gonna continue to do. Um, we gonna link up later this week, y'all, man. We we gonna we gonna, you know, what I'm saying we we becoming acquainted. Pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> But for sure, for sure. Um, stay tuned for our next podcast. I'm gonna try to do another one, maybe um Wednesday. 
So we're going to be back on and we're going to talk about some things. I got some good topics. You feel me? So for sure, for sure. Let's do that. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in to Black Kid Thoughts. Anything you want to say before we depart? Yeah, hey, y'all. Y'all stay blessed, man. You could catch me on any social media. I mean, uh, well, really, Instagram and Twitter at Asirmecca, A-A-S-I-R-M-E-C-C-A. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all go follow. Y'all go add. Go show some love to this king, man. He's he definitely worthy. Um, And we always in the podcast are saying this affirmation, bro. We are enough. I think a lot of us don't believe that as black people, but you are enough, bro. You know what I'm saying? You not less than you are enough in your own essence. Thank and you. never forget that shit. Um, I tell myself that affirmation every day and it works. It helped me out of a lot of things. So yeah, man. For sure, for sure. We are enough. We are enough. We yes, we are enough. Don't ever let nobody feel you make you feel less than or try to, you know, if you know who you are, then it's nothing no one can, can do or say. You know what I'm saying? So that's the affirmation. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And thank you, bro, for joining. Until next time, y'all. We out. All right, peace.